1: No one would ever go to this what? many sex-sounding gay bars <laughs> down the spiral staircase
0: with a right. dancing monkey. Seriously. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Did you buy dog Viagra? Joey,
0: it was nice catching up with you. Okay. Go to hell, Mike. Hey, Joey. Hi, Mike. And hello to everybody listening. My name's Mike. That's Joe. I live in the San Francisco Bay Area. Joe lives in L.A., We've been friends for over a decade, and each week we just call one another and we catch up, sometimes only once.
1: Oh, I like that.
0: <laughs> so last week we didn't do a mini episode. No. And you know what? We don't have to do one every week if we don't have something to say or if we're busy, right? We don't have to do it?
1: I know, but I think our fans get really upset. I got some <laughs> emails and texts and stuff like that. People, I think people were worried about us. Like, well, I will say the last show ended with us like well ended with me snapping at you
0: oh yeah you like refused to tell me what you were doing in the following week
1: yeah and this would have come up in the mini episode but what people should realize is i don't know why this is this has happened several times before where you and i are like fuck you and like hang up and then like so what are you uh what are you doing today (laughs) with with rod kyle i
0: know what'd you eat for dinner yeah we
1: we, (laughs) had a totally pleasant conversation (laughs) afterwards it's really true yeah but i think people thought that like uh, we were, like, mad at each other or?
0: Well, so last week I actually – uh the reason we didn't do the mini was because I was traveling. Um, and I didn't know if I would have good internet access or if I would even be available at the time that we were going to record live. So we just ended up not doing it. But it turns out – so I went to uh, Salt Lake City. But it turns out, Joey, the event was on Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Oh. Uh... And, and I talked for an hour and then – I basically was there three days for an hour talk.
1: Why did you have to be there for three days <laughs> for an hour talk?
0: Well, I actually have two friends in Salt Lake, so I flew in uh, and hung out with one of them. So the first night I was there, Tuesday night, I went and saw Jay Farrow uh, do a stand-up thing at a local
1: club. The Saturday, Yeah, from Saturday Night Live. Now, he's not funny on Saturday Night Live, but that doesn't okay. mean anything. That yes, mean right. Anything.
0: Exactly, and actually I wanted to bring that up. So... A couple of things. First, when he does stand-up, and I think you have already talked about this, he got up and he was doing, like, a weird voice,
1: like, the whole
0: time. He was, like, (laughs) not... Uh It was very weird. It was, like, his speech was slurred. Yeah. So, at first, I'm, like, I think he's drunk. Uh And then he would get into his impersonations, and he was, like, super articulate. Yeah. And then... Every once in a while, he would, like, get really passionate about a story and be articulate again. But then when he was just kind of, like, riffing, he was – his speech was slurred again.
1: It was so weird. I'm telling you, people – a lot of comics have a different physical voice than they do in real life.
0: So Jay Farrow's stand-up stuff, he does a lot of impersonations. And yeah, he's that's really, his thing. He, he's really good at them. But they're not that funny. It's, uh-huh. it's like the content of what the impersonation is isn't funny. It's just that his impersonation is spot on that you yeah. kind of laugh. But then he started telling some stories about like his childhood. And um, I thought that was really good. He he was uh, talking about um, homelessness. He talked a lot about race and like all of that was really good. But then he would like sprinkle in impersonations and it was just very random. Like, well, whoa, whoa, what if Jay-Z was in this situation? And then and it was
1: like... Yeah, my mom couldn't afford uh, food, so we used food stamps. Which makes me think, what would um, the kid from Good Times, uh, Jimmy Walker, <laughs> say here? Mom, this government Jesus, dynamite! <laughs> Basically, that's what it was. But he was
0: really funny when he was not just doing because what, it came what from felt truth. natural. Yeah, what felt natural was good.
1: Because it so, came from truth.
0: But Joe, the opener was some random guy, I don't even know his name, mm-hmm. but he, he gets up and he's like, um like nervous, obviously nervous, like kind of hand shaky, voice shaky. And he's like, So um I've been uh, suffering from depression, right? This could go either way. Yeah. This could go either that way. It could be great. I've and seen some great things like that. He starts talking about the different ways he would commit suicide if he would do it.
1: And Comedy Gold the whole
0: room is, like, a little bit uncomfortable. And then uh, he says something about, um, but I love my cat. I have a, I have a really great cat. And then someone in the audience, like, t- second row, he's like, of course you do. Right? Yeah. And everyone kind of pauses, and the comedian just stops and stares at him for, like, a good, like, two minutes. I'm not even joking. Like, it sounds mm-hmm. exaggerated, but, like, two minutes of silence. And the comedian's like, I'm just going to stare at this motherfucker and make him feel (gasps) awkward, right? Uh So everyone's, like, uncomfortable. And then he's like, okay, let me get back to suicide. Like, it was just the most uncomfortable, weird – and then he never got back on. Like, he never – his pacing was off from then on. Yeah, yeah. He was just, like, just horrible. It was horrible.
1: This is how you tell a good comedian from a – even a mediocre comedian – Which is how they handle the hecklers. Now, people out there listening, I'm going to give you a lesson from a comic. Don't heckle. Yeah. They don't need your help. Well, there are people. uh, People tell me this all the time, and they're being sincere. They think that it's their job to heckle, that that they're part of the show. Let me tell you something. We don't need you to be part of the show, okay? Yeah.
0: And as an audience member, I don't need you to be part of the show. Like yes. I don't need other people doing. It. I'm not well, here to listen to your
1: jokes. It must be really annoying for you. I hate it. Yeah. So anyway, um but the way you can tell a great comedian from a mediocre or a bad one is how they handle the heckler. What's and a good way of handling there's it? There's a there well, you know, there's some there are some comics who they they can just kind of just first of all just by here's the reason the guy got heckled is this because this guy famous people get heckled for a different reason but the reason this guy got heckled was because he didn't have command of the room sure. right so if you don't have command of the room the audience is just going to revolt and someone's going to be like fuck this i'm going to say shit right but then you have like famous comics who they get heckled because people want to be part of the show okay? okay now either way what happens is what the comic needs to do is – I think you at first you sort of make a joke about it, play along. Because sometimes – here's the thing, and this is where it's tricky, is sometimes the person's not trying to invade your show. Sometimes – this is where you have to gauge it at first. Sometimes the person is just trying to – they're just so into your show. I don't, it doesn't sound like this was the case here. But in a lot of cases, sometimes they're, you're making them laugh so hard and they're so into the show that they kind of feel they're in a conversation with you or they're just – it's weird. It's not It's not meant to be malicious. Right. So you have to gauge that a little bit. And so you just kind of play with it. And so hopefully the person will be like, oh, like they didn't realize. But then when the person is being annoying, there's an art. And I've only seen – I've seen the best comics in the world do this where they destroy the person. But you have to push it to a point where then the audience doesn't feel sorry for them, right? Because right. that can happen where you can go – in fact, there was a viral video that went around i was on gawker where they were saying watch this comedian destroy this heckler and actually i didn't think it was that good i actually thought it was kind of amateurish and um uh i I kind of felt sorry for the girl you know and also he he wasn't even funny but um one time i went with young master shane um who lives by you now we went to the hollywood improv Mm-hmm. and we saw we went to go see his favorite comedian Todd Glass mm-hmm. who is a master at heckler i've never seen anyone better at dead hit- handling hecklers and it just happened to be before he got on stage this one fucking drunk chick was just going off and he went on stage and he destroyed and dismantled this girl to the point where she left in tears <laughs> And no one felt sorry for her. And he even pointed out, he goes, notice, I'm never, he thought, I'm not insulting her. He never went, oh, you're a fucking ugly bitch. He never said, like, he never insulted her. He just, it's weird, dismantled her personality and her entitlement to the point where she just took off. And it was brilliant. I wish, he said, I wish someone would have filmed this because, (laughs) but you can't film shit in comedy clubs usually. So anyway, so this guy, let me tell you this, staring at a heckler for two minutes is death. You just killed your you killed yourself.
0: Well, I think he, like I think he was trying to play it off as like I'm going to make this guy uncomfortable, but really I think it just like threw him off of his game and his pacing so much that he was like freaking out internally and everyone felt it. It was the most uncomfortable thing ever. Yeah, but if
1: you're gonna work in comedy clubs, not again, it's not don't heckle everybody. Right. We don't like it. Yeah. Okay. But you do have to learn to do that and that's basically the whole five minute speech I gave was just advocating you have to learn like comedy jujitsu. And so like yeah, in jujitsu and martial arts, you don't wanna to have to fight, but you should be prepared to do it if you have to. Right. You know What's
0: up what's up in LA? Anything exciting happening?
1: I don't know if you were following it on Facebook, but I spent the day with my cousin Richard on Saturday. Uh huh. Did you see this?
0: Yeah. Well, I didn't see the video. I saw that you posted a video, but I haven't been able to watch it yet. Is it safe for work? I thought maybe it was. Oh, it's not very safe,
1: safe for work. work. It's very safe for work.
0: <laughs> I know. Go go um, on. Okay. Like he would post something that wasn't safe for work on your Facebook. Like I would. You would not. That's what I'm saying.
1: Oh yeah, no, I wouldn't. Believe it or not, I wouldn't. Uh, because my mom's my friend on Facebook and stuff like that. I
0: know my mom too.
1: Yeah. So uh, and I'm strangely I'm strangely not political on Facebook or say I don't really say anything controversial on Facebook. I don't know why. Okay. Uh, so I have this cousin Richard. He's a week younger than I am and he's gay. And he he and I have become an old gay married couple basically. And so we did things that like literally like. An old gay married – Mark and Ed would do. <laughs> because, by the way, for those of you who don't know, Mark and Ed have their own podcast. They're an old gay, I guess, kind of married couple in New Mexico, and the podcast is called It's All About Me.
0: Yeah, they are officially married.
1: Oh, they are? Okay. Yeah. So Richard and I, we went – the first stop we did, we, we, we went to uh, the LA Aqueduct, which turned 100 last week. Which you would think isn't that big of a deal, but for Los Angeles, it's a big deal because the city of Los Angeles owes its size and everything to the aqueduct. Before it had water, um, it was just nothing, you know? And so once William Mulholland did, did perform the rape of the Owens Valley and stole all their water and brought it to Los Angeles in an, en- an amazing engineering feat. Los Angeles was nothing. Now, the L.A. Aqueduct, where it comes from the Owen Valley down a mountain into L.A., is usually closed to the public. But for just last weekend, they opened it to the public. So Richard and I went. It, it So funny is, again, it's such a nerdy, like, who would know this kind of thing? By the way, if you're interested, the movie Chinatown is all based on this. Didn't we go see that in Seal Beach together, Mike? No. Oh. Have you seen Chinatown? no oh you should it's really good yeah um anyway um it's such like it's such a nerdy thing the reason i bring this up is so uh, richard and i right okay we're gonna go early to the la aqueduct it's open to the public so we're heading up there it's all the way in silmar which let me tell you something this is so funny my ward jose is in new mexico and he comes back this week but the entire time that he's been my ward his big dream is that I go to Silmar, where his family's from, and go do like a tour of the sites of Silmar. Okay. And I'm always like, ew, no, Silmar is boring, nothing to do there. Right. <laughs> and then also, Jose's obsessed with like urban development. Like, that's what he wants to do, I think, kind of for a career. So the fact that the w- weekend before he comes back, I go to <laughs> Silmar and go see like this major accomplishment of urban development that's only going to be open one time to the public. Uh, it was amazing. Anyway, so Richard and I are on our way to Sylmar. Right before we get to the aqueduct, there's heavy, heavy, heavy traffic, like standstill traffic. And Richard's, like, really upset. He's like, well, we should have come earlier. Everybody's clearly going to the aqueduct. I was like, really, Richard? All of these people are so excited about the LA aqueduct being open to the public. He's like, yeah. He's all, LA is a big city. So even if a fraction of them come, it's going to cause us traffic. We get there. There were maybe like eight people there. <laughs> at the aqueduct.
0: Did he apologize for saying that? No. was like, I was right. wrong.
1: No. But it was really early in the morning. And so I'm all, I need some fucking coffee. I'm all, I was driving. So I go, okay, you are the navigator. Find the nearest Starbucks to go to. And he goes, okay. So we're driving. And he goes, okay, I found one. Get off uh, San Fernando Road. I get off there and then he goes, make a left. And I go, okay. And then he goes, now drive 14 blocks. What? To the Starbucks? I was like, 14 blocks?
0: <laughs> Meanwhile, you pass six other Starbucks. I know.
1: <laughs> and he goes, oh, I know, but I really like this one. It's by, I'm not even joking, it's by Paul's Western Wear. And I've been here before. <laughs> That's where he buys his like ranchero outfits. <laughs> and I was like, ugh. So- well, was uh-huh. it a good Starbucks? Oh, whatever. No, it wasn't actually. So then after that, I know this is quite the story. We went to – there'll probably be outtakes here. Um, After that, we went to the P.O. Pico Ranch in Whittier. What's that? It's just like, ranch, this park that used to be some guy who used to be the governor of California of Mexico in, like – of California when it was belonged to Mexico in, like, the 1800s and it was his house, right? Okay. And I was like – Richard's like, I've always wanted to go there. Luckily, it was like really small, so we weren't there that long. But the reason I'm telling you about this is so like, <laughs> okay, look, okay, let's let's actually face reality here. I just I'm gonna repeat what I said. It is the former home of the Mexican governor of California back when it was uh, owned by Mexico. Okay. It was empty. It's a state park, like completely empty. And Richard and I go in, It's, like a ghost town.
0: And oh, you mean no people were there?
1: No people were there. It's the state park. So we're walking through this house and reading the, um, like, you know, like, the, oh, this uh, is the room where he yeah. was doing my, this. My back hurts just
0: listening to your day. <laughs> okay. Like, I don't want to do any of this stuff.
1: So we're, I'm, I'm in a room, and all of a sudden, a guy goes, can I help you? And we're like,
0: ah! Right? <laughs> There's no w- basement at the Alamo. <laughs> <laughs> um.
1: That's a good inside reference. Yeah. Um, and it was a park ranger who's like, do you guys have any questions? That like He was so excited to see people. Aww. The reason I'm bringing him up, super hot.
0: Oh, so you had a lot of questions. I know you. Yes. Oh, my oh, God. I know you. Yes. Yes, Bef- yes. Before this, you were like, let's go. Yes. And then he walks up, and you're like, can you tell me about the wood yes, uh, yes, in this yes. building? Yes.
1: Yes. Yes, you're nailing it on the head. Okay. Yeah. So he comes up to me like, "Okay, oh, he's like maybe 28, you know, 29. Super hot. What right? are they wearing?" Like a ranger, a-, a park ranger uniform.
0: Is there a hat?
1: No hat, but okay. he had like the whole like boots and the olive pants and the tan shirt, mm-hmm. state of California emblem on the sleeve. Okay. And Richard, of course, Richard's such a horrible gay person. Like he's like, "No." And he keeps- <laughs> He just walks away, right? And I'm like, you're right, Mike. You so hit the nail on the head. I was like, so tell me about the Adobe in this room. So like <laughs> – and so he's like, oh, and he's answering all these questions, right? And he goes, I go, do you guys give tours? And he goes, not really. He goes, but – and then he starts telling me how like nobody – I'm all, oh, so no one ever comes here? So you're all alone? <laughs> A lot. He's like, must yeah. must get
0: so lonely. It must get
1: so lonely here. I bet you could do whatever you wanted and no one would ever catch you. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so, <laughs> so we're talking, and then he's, I'm actually legit, I'm like, oh, so did, did this guitar case actually belong to Pio Pico? And he's like, yeah. And he's telling me all the stories. Well, <sighs> these two dumb families show up over uh, there and he goes families ruin everything i know and he goes oh, they go oh are you giving tours and he looks at me he's like oh well i guess i'm like all right we'll see you later i don't want to hang out with families right and i left him there to give a tour oh and i know and i felt bad because then richard was like because then richard was done because the place is really small He's like let's go yeah and i was like i'm leaving my husband behind <laughs> i might go back on a wednesday at like three you when no one's there and they close at 3.30, so that's enough time to flirt and be like, oh, it's closing time? We should go get a drink. You should. I know I am. Did you get a gay vibe from him? I got like a neutral. Oh. Like I got like, could be gay, but also could not be gay? I don't know. How many know.
0: gay men are park rangers?
1: Oh, I feel there's a lot of gay men who are park rangers.
0: Really? I actually know one. Speaking. Yeah, thinking, thinking of, it, of yeah. all the... Like, <laughs>
1: every time you go on grinder, every goddamn fucking person wants to go on a hike. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That could be a California thing, but like every fucking person loves hiking on Grindr. Yeah. So um, after that, we went to Ikea. I don't know. We're trying to buy a table. And so we were there and then we were – he was checking out kitchen tables. So we're sitting down at the kitchen table. So then there's like older Mexican man walks up to us and he goes um, – he's really polite. He goes, how long have you been sitting here? I'm like, I don't know, five minutes. And he goes, hmm, I've been here for three hours – Picking out different furniture and writing the item numbers in this catalog. And then I walked away from my cart for a second and somebody stole it. Oh, no. And I was like, oh, no, I'm so sorry. And he goes, yeah, so those fuckers mess with the wrong man. And then the, <laughs> the old cholo came out. He's like, if I found out the fuckers who did this, I'm going <laughs> to fuck them up. And he got he got like then you know, doing that thing like old time where he's punching his – fist into his other hand yeah. like i'm gonna go find that fucking catalog and fuck those people up They both- wrong motherfucking mexican <laughs> and then he started walking around like the dining room area looking at people's catalogs <laughs> and richard was like let's go he was like in ikea in ikea and richard's like let's go he's like i don't know what it is with you you attract these uh-huh. kinds of people and i was like, and then afterward he- this
0: uh, cholo cholo guy's gonna go to bed bath and beyond <laughs> And, like, get angry at somebody there.
1: I know. I know. So, anyway, that was my Saturday with Richard.
0: So, when I was in Salt Lake, I went to dinner at my friend's house. And there was a weird situation where one of her family members passed away this past weekend. Oh, my God. So, and I, this trip is all planned. So, I'm coming to town, but also her family is, like, coming to town, too, for the funeral. So, she was like, I still want to have you over for dinner Wednesday night, but uh some of my family's going to be in town too. I hope you don't mind. And I mean it was fine, but I go there and I'm like getting this weird so it's her uh my friend, her husband, her new kid and then uh her aunt and uncle and child, right? Mhm. So three people that I've never met before.
1: Oh, and God. I'm
0: like and they were really polite. They were it was nice to get to know them and everything, but I was getting a weird like vibe from them and it was like at first, it was, like, just weird comments. Like, we're eating salmon, and then one of my friends, she's like, don't you guys eat salmon a lot? And the aunt is like, we used to. And then there's, like, a weird look. I was like, oh. Oh. And I, I don't know. I Not that they were fighting, even. It was just, like, something weird was going on. Well, it turns out, Joey, the parents are getting a divorce. <gasps> the aunt and uncle are getting a divorce, but they're both coming to the funeral. And they're both staying at this house, and I didn't uh, know. So I'm like, "Where do you guys live?" And there's like oh a no. weird, a weird exchange where they're like looking at each other. Oh and then
1: no. fucking white people, man!
0: Well, <laughs> what's funny is neither of them are white. So oh, they're go. not. Yeah, there you go, Joe, and you're racist. What, wait, what are they? <laughs> um, one of them, the wife was Viet is Vietnamese, and the man is Persian. Uh, so and the most diverse house in the whole state of Utah, by the way. There was like a gay, there were Vietnamese people, Persian people, Jesus a, Christ. Mixed, two mixed race children. And the state of Utah, like just was, everyone was looking at this house when we we're there. That Everyone would like, they weren't comfortable with it. Um, but so anyway, um, so it was just a little bit weird. And it took me a while to like Nancy drew it and figure out exactly what was happening and why there was like weird tension. And then, like the guys started talking about stories of drinking, and I don't know, it was a little bit uncomfortable until I figured out exactly what landmines existed and I shouldn't step on because I knew something was there, but I didn't know what.
1: But wait a minute, this also sounds like the makings of awkward. You're staying in someone's house, who's no, I wasn't staying there. I was staying in a hotel. You were visiting someone. Who had you after someone just passed away, and the people there are getting a divorce? Yes, uh, that is like an awkward nuclear bomb.
0: I know it. It was a little bit weird. Um, yeah, there. Yeah, it gets even weirder. But I don't want. It's not my personal business. I don't want to
1: get. Uh, That means tell me off the air.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, um, so what else is new with you? Any other
1: stories? Um. So, yes, I went to the Magic Castle last night.
0: Oh, yeah, I saw that.
1: Yeah, I, uh, um, my, one of my brother's friends is a hairstylist. It's a woman. And, um, she shares with my brother and his, his wife, my sister-in-law. And she wanted me to take her and another hairstylist to the Magic Castle. Now, this other hairstylist is a guy named Sean. He's gay. I've strangely known Sean for over a decade. And each week, we just call each other and cut hair. Sometimes more than once. Anyway, Do
0: either of these people ever cut your hair?
1: Uh, She she used to cut my hair when I was in Newport. Okay. But her booth is next to Sean's. But when I used to go to that salon 10 years ago, um, a different person who I knew sat next to Sean or was next to Sean and would cut my hair. So I've known Sean since my midish 20s. Okay. You know? And um he, he – uh, look, I'm trying to find the right way to say this. So in my mid 20s, he's this um, half-Asian, cute, gay hairdresser, you okay. know? Uh, and so I would just sort of like as a joke when the other person would cut my hair and be like, oh, Sean, look, looking good today or something like that, right? Whatever. So now this girl starts cutting my hair and she was like, oh, when, when she first started cutting it, she was like, oh, I heard you have a huge thing for Sean, right? <laughs> and I was like, like 10 years ago, I'd make jokes, yeah. right? But she keeps on it like that I'm in love with Sean, right? Yeah. She, that's why she was like, let's go to the Magic Castle and I'll bring Sean for you. And I was like, I don't care about Sean, right? right? I, even to last night I told her, I said, look, she goes like, so what, what's, what's your thoughts on Sean? I go, let me tell you my thoughts on Sean. I liked him when he was 26. Now he's 36. Not as cute. I'm done. Okay. Rude. Yeah. I know, but I had to fucking put, I had to nip that fucker in the bud because what happened was then she called. 10 years later. I know. (laughs) (laughs) It's not a bud anymore, Joe. It's a full on rose. (laughs) So, (laughs) so she calls me yesterday and she goes, bad news, Sean's sick. And he and his boyfriend can't go. And I was like, do you want to postpone? I was saying that because um, I was like, I knew she wanted to take him. My brother was like, you made a big fucking mistake now. Because now she thinks that you want to postpone because Sean's not going. But she was like, no, my other friend is going to come instead. And I was like, oh, okay. We go there. Mike, let me tell you something. I've been a member of the Magic Castle for 15 years.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. And each week you just call one another
1: <laughs> and ca- castle up. <laughs> yeah. um, no, it might be one of the most fi- fun times i ever had at the Magic Castle. What it I thought be-
0: it, I totally thought this was going the other direction. No, might be. I thought you were most- going to be like this was the most embarrassing people nope. I've ever taken. No,
1: nope. She was super funny, and we went there, and like she's one of the people that just talks to everybody and gets along with everybody. You know, yeah, mm-hmm. and so. It was a great time. And here's the other thing too. Um, where's one part we were down. Okay. So the magic castle is a huge mansion in the Hollywood hills. Uh, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of hallways and places to go. And we were in one part and this woman went up to me and gave me a kiss and was like, hi, honey. And I was like, who the fuck is this bitch? Right. Yeah. But then I realized she was a cocktail waitress at the magic castle. Like, Fifteen years ago, when I first joined, and I was telling Laura, Laura's the hairdresser and her friend, I said, "Oh, that's oh my god, that's that's Katrina." And I, re- I go, I go, I think she remembers me because like, why would she remember me? Because when I joined the Magic Castle, it was literally me and then ninety-year-old men. Like I was like the youngest by far, and it was crazy. Now, because I think because Neil Patrick Harris is the president, it's a ton of young people. Like it's nothing but really, really young people, like in their twenties and thirties, and um, there's not that many old people.
0: So now like, you stick out on the other end.
1: <laughs> no, now I'm snap in the middle, right? So anyway, um, so the the reason I'm making this is so there were a lot of it, actually I shouldn't say super young, mostly people in their thirties, right? Right, and. There are a lot of really, and I don't know. I don't know if this is Neil Patrick Harris is doing, but a lot of very attractive people and a lot of very attractive gay men. Which I was like, yeah, she should have brought that fucking bitch Sean. Should have been like, look, this is my choices now. Gay <laughs> hot magicians, the cream of the crop.
0: Did you guys talk about Sean at all at the castle?
1: Yeah, because I was like, she was like, oh my god, he would have so much fun. He' too bad he's sick, and I was like, yeah, really. So yeah, so um, you know, I'm taking um. Tom from Chicago in a couple weeks.
0: Tom and Terry, I think.
1: Tom and Terry. And uh, I think they have a, they're going to, I know they'll try, but they're going to have a tough act to beat. Great time at the Magic Castle.
0: They're really pleasant people. And I think you, what I really liked about them is they, like, you know, when you meet people for the first time and it's a little bit strained. Mm -hmm. Like, I felt like I asked one question and the conversation took off. Oh, that'll be great then. It wasn't like, Where you felt like you were pulling teeth to get someone to talk to you or where they were just going, like, consuming all of the conversation and all of the air in the room. Mm -hmm. They're they're really good conversationalists and very pleasant people.
1: I think this would be great because here's the thing with the Magic Castle, and you would know this. So for people who don't know how the Magic Castle works, again, like I said, it's an old mansion. And in select rooms of the mansion, they put on little magic shows. But you don't have to go into them. And often when I take people, they want to see a lot of magic. And I think the reason I had a good time yesterday was Laura and Lisa, they were like, we saw one magic show with some really hot magicians. Ugh, don't even get me started. And um, and they were like, okay, we're good. And we just we really hung out most of the time in um, the Invisible Irma room. Which, which is the, my favorite. Yeah, it's a great room. And in for those of you that don't know, which those of you, three people know, and you're one of them. Uh, Invisible Irma is a ghost that lives in the Magic Castle. And she plays the piano in the room, and she takes requests, and you can have a conversation with her, and she plays songs that you want. So the room was actually full of, like, people in their 30s, and all we did was request songs and sing along really loudly, and we just had a fucking great-ass time. It was amazing, and, uh, I think, and I think Tom and Terry, we will do the same thing, where we can just sort of enjoy the ambiance and the people watching the Magic Castle, rather than trying to get from show to show. Sure.
0: I think that's a good idea. Yeah. Cool.
1: So, what's going on in the Bay Area, Michael?
0: Well, this story isn't super pleasant, but uh, you might have heard about it. Um, I think it's making national news. I'm not sure or not, but uh, basically, a 16-year-old boy last Thursday set a, a skirt set the skirt of a 16-year-old girl on fire on an Oakland bus. Um, originally, they were calling it a, a kilt, but now it's a skirt. Um, the teenager that got lit on fire was it, had gender identity things oh, going on. Oh, um, interesting. So the 16-year-old's being prosecuted as uh, an adult, and they're filing it as a hate crime. And the parent of the 16-year-old uh, in jail has come out saying, my child thought this was a joke, and it just was a poorly – it wasn't thought well, thought out, and yada, yada, yada. My kid is not that bad. But when talking to the police, the 16 year old in jail said that he did it because he was homophobic. His written, oh, his exact words. I'm, so, glad I,
1: I'm glad I listened because I was going to say a bunch of things. Yeah. The first thing I was going to say was I killed, but now is a transgender uh, woman. So, okay, makes sense why people would stupidly say that. Two, um, I was going to say like – I was going to say that I happen to know that hate crimes are notoriously difficult to win um, convictions on. Right. Uh, You have to uh, essentially say I'm doing this because uh, (laughs) I don't – I I, I don't like gay people. Oh, yeah. I don't like black people. And so I was like, Mike, I don't know how they're going to prove this. (laughs) He told the police he was homophobic. Oh, okay. His exact
0: words, yeah. Yeah. Which kind of brings up – there's an internet meme. I think it's um, attributed to like – Uh, Morgan Freeman, I don't know if he ever said this or not, but it's um, something to the effect of, stop saying that you're homophobic, you're not afraid of gay people, you're just hateful or something like that. And like, I kind of think that's true. Like, do you think this kid was afraid of gay people or was he just anti-gay? Is there a difference between anti-gay and homophobic? Homophobia?
1: I want want to say this first because it bugs me. Morgan Freeman did not say that. I've read articles about it. I know, it's so annoying. Okay. Um, but, um, regardless, it's a good, no, 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 good no, no, no. It's a good quote. I just get really mad because mostly because I think Morgan Freeman's just like Morgan Freeman kind of creeps me out. Yeah. Like he's dating his daughter. <laughs> like it's this weird thing. And his so like real daughter, stepdaughter. And, um, and he's just like a really stupid old man who reads lines and like, and he does it really well. He's a good actor, but they, people, they do this with Betty White too, where they have all of them saying these crazy things that they didn't say. Okay. Yeah. Um, what was your question again? <laughs> Sorry, I was so oh. infuriated by the Morgan Freeman thing.
0: Which is, <laughs> is there a difference between homophobia and anti-gay feelings? Like, I feel like phobia is like fear, right? Is there, well, is this...
1: hate comes from fear. So I think they're very, very related. But you could just be certain person who's homophobic but not hate them. Like, I'm afraid of gay people. <laughs> Stop. <But> I don't. <laughs> I don't hate them.
0: Um, if you want to get angry at, um, the world, look up this story and hold on. <laughs> if you want to get angry at the world, look up the story. You can just Google Oakland fire skirt and you would find it. Uh, look up the story and just read the internet, c- the comments. Cause it's absolutely oh. disgusting. There's people, like, saying, well, if I want to self-identify as a dog, should I have the right to shit on people's uh, yards? Which, by the way, dogs aren't allowed to just shit on anyone's yard. But um, there's that. And then there's people saying that this kid deserved it because the kid was wearing a skirt on the bus and freaking people out. And
1: I never I take Internet comments seriously because I always assume they're trolls.
0: Yeah, but I think that people – like – Not the – it's like a very concentrated syrup of their true feelings. It's like the thickest, like deepest, darkest shit that they're not saying when they're, you know, at work around a water cooler. But these are – this is what they're getting at when they're talking around the water cooler. They can just do it in a much more concentrated form.
1: This is a very good transition into my new story. Cool. Which is – um, did you hear that Governor Brown earlier this year signed a bill called AB 1266, which provided protection for transgender students K through 12? Yeah. And it allowed them – they could if they identified as whatever – well, it allowed him to participate in sports and go to the bathroom based on whatever gender they identify with. Yeah. Okay. Well, there's this guy now, this Frank Schubert, and he's collected over 620,000 signatures to get an initiative on the ballot for 2014 that would repeal this law. And I'm like, because he says it doesn't take into consideration the privacy issues of those who aren't transgender. Like what's wrong with people?
0: Yeah. I I'm, I'm really thankful that the world continues to spin in one direction. And these people like progress will be made regardless of stupid people like this. I don't, think that i they are they're they're losing and they will continue to lose but it's just kind of stupid um i think like a child has to identify as trans for more than like a millisecond to start using the opposite gender's bathroom right it's not like tomorrow i can decide to be a girl and start using the girls bathroom there's a lot that goes into it
1: yeah and it's not like people that like, there's a rash of kids who are like well now i'm gonna be trans because of this law and it's like It probably affects like three kids a year or something. I don't know how many kids. I'm making up a number. But what I'm saying, the the number is so small, but they they need to be protected. We need to protect the rights of those who are in the minority.
0: Right. And a good point that has been made around this story is a lot of – well, the scare, scary stories of like little boys going into the girls' room and doing oh, yes. whatever they want. So those stories are there. But really, what's happening is these trans kids are not comfortable anywhere. You know, they're being, they're living as a a girl or possibly in transition, and then being forced to go to the boys' room, making those boys uncomfortable, making mm-hmm. this kid uncomfortable. So it just kind of makes things easier that a trans kid isn't walking around flaunting. You know their bodies; they're probably fairly insecure, and this is just.
1: And it all comes from stupidity. I happen to know of a person. I just heard about this person yesterday, as um, uh, a friend of a personal friend, who she was telling me about this transgender girl that she knows, daughter of one of her friends. And the transgender girl who goes by Jane now, she's only 13 now, but the parents knew from when she was two, when she was two years old, let me tell you this story. I heard this story yesterday. When Jane was two years old and was a boy, they went to Disneyland and the other kids, their kid, their children were throwing pennies into the fountain and making a wish. And Jane as a boy threw a penny into the fountain and was crying and he said, I wish I was a, a girl. Hmm. Like this is two years old. Yeah. You know? And um, yeah. So these people, um, this is not something that is like, they're joking around and like, these people need to be protected because yeah. they, yeah. And, and think- so, so anyway, she was saying, I'm sorry to finish the story up that Jane, she's 13 now is getting picked on in school. She's going through a lot. And so they need to be like, it's actually worse for her to go to the boys bathroom. Right. Ugh.
0: I think school's just got a little bit safer in California for everybody and I'm I'm glad for that. I just recently watched uh, a documentary called Becoming Chaz. Have you heard of this? It's a no. documentary about Chaz Bono becoming Chaz basically yeah. um through the surgery that he had on his top half of his body and then just kind of dealing with like the coming out process. And it was interesting because there was an interview, they interviewed Cher for for the movie, and Cher articulated what I feel very, I think, strongly. Like, basically what Cher said, and I could echo this almost to a T. No, no pun intended, um, but I could echo this to a T. Uh, Cher said, Like, this is not something that I understand, because I've never had feelings like this before. But if I were to try to understand it, I think the way that I would do it is to if I felt the way that I feel now, which Cher said, I feel strongly that I am a woman, and I feel the same way that I am a man. If if I were in the body of I was in the if my body had the opposite gender, but I still felt this way, I would do everything I could do to change it right now. So um, I think that that makes a lot of sense when you put it that way.
1: Well, she's clearly changing her body a lot anyway.
0: Oh, my God. Cher was – wait, Cher?
1: Yeah. Cher
0: was on Dancing with the Stars this week. Uh-huh. And there's – I did a screen grab of it and put it on my Instagram, actually. Mm-hmm. She – her face looks like 20 years old, right? Yeah. A- and then her hands look like 150. It's scary how old her hands are. The hands are really hard. I'm sure they do plastic surgery on hands, though, don't they? I don't know. I could see that being like a thing where like older women get their hands reconstructed.
1: But what if they could only afford one hand? (laughs) So their left hand looks like 25, but their right hand looks, you know, 75.
0: They just wear a glove all the time.
1: (laughs) Um... What else do you have going on in San Francisco? Well, there's this
0: new thing that's happening, um, and the San Francisco Chronicle just wrote about it, and so I thought it was interesting. Um, Basically, urban planners and San Francisco leaders are saying that small apartment units are going to help tackle the city's housing shortage and the rising rental cost. So there's these things that are popping up called micro-apartments, and i mean it's exactly what you think it would be it's basically a 200 this example that they show in the article is a 279 square foot space and it's going for about $1,850 a month uh, so you're basically renting a dorm room for 2 grand a month
1: is that ridiculous i'm going to tell you something friend of the show adam vaught sent me an article recently about this uh, I don't know if it was a Craigslist ad, but it was a Roommate Wanted ad in San Francisco in a decently cool part. And it was this chick, and she said, oh, I have a studio. She was renting her couch <laughs> for $1,600 a month? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did
0: you see this? No, but I was looking at stuff, and I saw lots of shared space. And I saw stuff. It's like the you have to share a space, and the bathtub is in the kitchen or – like it's tiny and you're we put up a partition so you can have the entire living room but there's no actual solid wall it's like a curtain or something it's crazy but I guess the the cost of living in the city is getting so high and um, at any given point only one percent of the apartments are actually available because housing gets taken so quickly so these little micro apartments are a way I guess to cram more people into the city but I don't know it's just weird to me like these are a micro apartment is for somebody really young right Cause yeah
1: yeah yeah who's not gonna spend a lot of time in home
0: right like 90% of their time is at work or at a bar or restaurant or whatever like
1: you're, you know it's funny that you're saying this because people like Google and Facebook and a lot of those um, internet companies but Facebook Facebook and Google in particular Have come under fire um, because they've been trying to turn the work experience into like basically like the person's just there all the time. And I know Facebook wants to build a campus where people, the the Facebook employees, like live there, they raise their families there, the kids go to school there, everything's there. And at first I was like, that's creepy, but now it might be great for these people, there's nowhere for them to live.
0: Yeah, I think that there are certainly plus sides. I think, like, commune living, if you will, like, has its upside, too. There's there's a place in Arizona, of all places. Um, it's owned by a company, though, but they try to make it not look like it. But on in the little community, it has its own school. It has its own market. It has um, farmland, where food is raised that... Is used in a restaurant on the little campus too. I think that that's kind of a cool idea. Um, eh, what What's the downside, though? Is that well, certain the downside people are making is, big decisions for
1: no, a lot of people. I, that could be it, but I think part of the downside was <laughs> not that they expect them, but that these people don't. These people don't have lives outside of work. That they're working now because of that. Now because Google's taking care of everything for you, or it's Fe- more Facebook. But that because Facebook's taking care of everything for you, they're working from seven AM to eight PM. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? They're just lives are just work. I think another
0: have- downside could be that if you are in that situation where your entire family is living in a place, going to school in a place, eating at a place, if everything's dependent on your place of employment, are you gonna express dissatisfaction with your employer?
1: Oh are you gonna wanna,
0: you know, say you know this has to change or i'm leaving because leaving is a bigger decision now
1: and what happens when you get fired you got to move out and
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah. well i mean rental law still exists so you they could give you a 30 day notice or whatever
1: yeah i, I know, know but but then you're but no but what i'm saying is let's say for instance you work for facebook for 15 20 years right and no, let's say 15 and you've met your wife there you know you get married you ra- start raising a family and those kids are now let's say junior highish age and everything's been facebook and for whatever reason you get let go or your family gets let go you're pulling this or you mean
0: i mean to add to that or you decide that you don't want to work there anymore like that's
1: yeah you're extricating you're you're causing like a bigger like like effect on your family That would just be like almost devastating. That's their universe.
0: But in a way, Joey, like 50 years ago, people would get a job and their pension and their retirement were big deals that if they just left, it was a big, a big deal as well. So this is maybe returning to that because now there's nothing that marries us to a job for the rest of our lives. So, but once upon, I like our grandparents would get a job and they would be there forever. I know. So I don't know. Huh. The the article says um, they're quoting somebody in like um, development that has one of these buildings. And he said, I think of micro apartments as the architectural equivalent of the smart car, not for everyone, but serving a valuable need for certain households in many cities. It's the same rationale as switching to smaller cars with better mileage when gas hits $4 a gallon. We're in an era where we can't afford to guzzle space like we used to, especially in high demand areas like San Francisco.
1: I'm gonna tell you something I would live in a micro apartment.
0: I would live in a smart car <laughs> just kidding i i that's less to clean okay and it you know what I, the price though just sounds ridiculous
1: the The price is a huge issue I'm not gonna pay I paid in Newport Beach was a very affluent area I was paying my last place I was paying about fourteen hundred dollars a month for 700 square foot apartment right Mm -hmm. that even to a lot of part of the country is a lot of money but i thought that was like okay you know but like for how big how big are these apartments
0: um this one that they're talking about for about two grand a month is 279 square feet
1: no (laughs) no can i please tell you at ikea i was just there and they, you know, they do that thing where they be like, the, they be like, there, there would be like a room <laughs> and they would tell you the square footage of the room and then show you what you could fit in there. Mm-hmm. And there was one that was like 290 square feet, but they had decorate it decorated as like a bedroom. <laughs> like they wasn't like an apartment. They had it as a bedroom. Yeah. That's tiny. You're right. It's like a dorm room.
0: Yeah. And um, she doesn't, she has a kitchenette. It's not a full kitchen. Yeah. Um... I don't know. It's crazy. I have a coworker who lives in the Castro and she doesn't have a full kitchen in her apartment. She has. um, So when she brings food, it's always like canned and microwaved. That's all she eats is canned and microwaved.
1: I'm such an avid cook. I would rather have a 500 square foot apartment where 300 square feet are the kitchen and 200 are like, all I need is a bed and a desk. Yeah. And a, a huge kitchen. Sure.
0: It's kind of ridiculous. I think the price that you pay for something that small. I could survive in 200 square feet, 279 square feet, um, but I don't think I would love it, and it wouldn't be long-term.
1: Um, I don't think it would be long-term, but I could live in it for a while because I'm, I'm also more of a visitor. I visit people. I'm not really visited, and you're thinking, oh, maybe because people don't want to visit you. No, they want to visit me. The thing is, though, I like visiting people because of my control issues. Therefore, therefore, I can control when it, the uh, when the engagement ends. Yeah. Like, all right, I'm going now. Bye. Sure. Because I know when people come visit me, I'm going to tell you. For those who you visit me,
0: when you start washing the dishes, it's time to go.
1: I like having you there, <laughs> but the, as soon as you walk in the door, I'm thinking, when is this person leaving? <laughs> yeah. So I like being I like visiting people. So I don't know. Um. Cool. So what get else this. in L.A. Well, the co founder of Pinkberry mm. was just convicted <gasps> of
0: That's... being
1: the shit out of a homeless man. No. You don't know about this? This happened like two years ago. His name is Young Lee. Uh-huh. And it happened in June of 2011. Okay. And what happened was this guy named Donald Boulding was standing on the corner. Of this off-ramp off the 101, which is so funny because whenever I think of people selling shit off the freeway, I imagine this exit off the 101. I think it's like the Santa Monica Boulevard exit. Or no, it's the Melrose exit. It's one of those two. Anyway, um, he was standing right there and this young Lee's driving off at the stoplight at the exit. And he's with his girlfriend and Donald Boulding's asking for money, as commonly happens right there in that area. Um, just holding the sign. And I guess, now, according to Bolding, he was changing his sweatshirt. But according to Young Lee, he, like, flashed his, like, chest. And it had this sexually explicit, explicit tattoo. So they what get they in an wrong? argument. What and was Young, the tattoo? They don't say. Which I'm like, I want to know what this fucking tattoo is. Because then Young Lee pulls off the road, parks his car, grabs a tire iron, and walks over to him and starts beating the shit out of him. And breaks his arm and gives him a concussion, right? Okay. So, um, by the
0: way, it was stick figures having sex.
1: Oh, was it? Oh, yeah. Look at you, <laughs> research. Um, so he went back and the so witnesses stopped him, but now the judge said he was a threat to the community and he's going to be sentenced in January, maximum seven years if he gets it. Mike, my question to you. Would you ever beat the shit out of a homeless man?
0: No, I think this is ridiculous. In San Francisco this morning, um, just to quickly tell you, there's a story of um, caught on uh, surveillance tape. This man is walking down the street and there's a homeless guy sleeping on the sidewalk. And the man just starts, like not provoked at all, starts stomping the head on the head of the homeless man and then walks away.
1: I don't get it at all. I don't know. The people who have anger towards homeless people.
0: But talk about, like, kicking a person when they're down. Like, yeah. I don't know. Punkberry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Look at you.
0: You're on fire today. En fuego. So, that's so weird. Um, I, Do you can, like Pinkberry? I was just about to tell you. Can I tell you? I've never had Pinkberry.
1: Oh, it's actually pretty good.
0: I've had... <laughs> um, Uh, like I've had all of the copycat sort of things, yeah, but not Pinkberry. I'm looking at the the New York daily news article and there's a guy, I mean, the, um, young Lee is, he wore a bow tie to his, um, thing. Well, he looks really fancy for a guy getting sentenced to prison
1: when you're, when you, I also like that he took off and went on a, like a business trip to Hong Kong and like England or something. I was like, why did he come back?
0: Well, he was probably weighing his options.
1: Or he probably also didn't know. They are probably like, all right, we'll wait for that guy until he comes back, you know? Yeah. Uh, Anyway, um, well, he also, you know, a lot of times with these, like, people who found companies and these entrepreneurs, they have such hubris that they think that they're so obviously right. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, he he probably thought, like, I'm going to come back and I'm going to tell them what happened and they're going to be like, oh, yeah, you should have beat the shit out of him. Right. You know? So weird. I did. Um, yeah, I don't know. I had another question for you, Pinkberry. Oh, I don't know. I think I was gonna make a joke about the bow tie, but it's it's past. But that was my second news story.
0: Are you a fan of Pinkberry? You never said.
1: I like it. I don't ever go. I think it's overpriced. Huh. You know. So, uh, and I can get, I, feel I can get like frozen yogurt, yogurt that's, that's, that's close. That's yogurt Land expensive. is really good. Yeah, Yogurland's not bad. Yogurland does a good job. Pinkberry has these really unique flavors, which I'm sure the other ones have copied. But uh, yeah, I like I like Pinkberry. You know, Pinkberry is one of those things that it was cool when there was like one or two of them in L.A. and it was like small, and then all of a sudden it exploded. But I guess they do well.
0: Hmm. Cool. What's going on with you next week? Next
1: week, you know what? I prepared so much for this show and I forgot to do that part. Um, I know. I always forget. I don't know. I don't know. Can I I'm tell you, shit?
0: this is really important, and um, hopefully we'll get this show out soon. So Thursday is World Diabetes Day, and it's also the end of the Big Blue Test. And let me just put it this way. If you like me and you think that I should continue to have a job, go to bigbluetest.org and just submit a Big Blue Test. Uh, we need about 10,000 more of them in, like, four days. So – just please do it, uh, bigbluetest.org. It's super easy. You answer a few questions. You can do it as many times as possible between now and Thursday night, so do a lot of them, so bigbluetest.org. So on Thursday, we're going to have a big party, uh, World Dies Beaties Day celebration in downtown Berkeley. Um, that's happening, and then that's pretty much all on my to-do list. I also,
1: How long does it take to do the Big Blue Test?
0: Um, it's 14 minutes of physical exercise. So that's it. 14 minutes. There's also an iPhone and Android app. So if you use either of those, you could also download the amp, the app and do it there.
1: Oh, I see. Okay.
0: Super easy. You can also, like, have everyone that you do physical ex- exercise with uh, do it. You don't have to have diabetes to do it.
1: You should really encourage. I'm calling on – I don't think this person listens to the show, though. Christian Messer is doing some sort of, like – pride 48 abs thing or something like that they should be doing the big blue test as they do that
0: yeah i agree do you have nothing else joey
1: no Uh,
0: i have to uh, remember how i carved pumpkins
1: no what are you talking about
0: remember i carved pumpkins for halloween
1: no No. oh Uh, yeah 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 oh yeah fuck you with that by the way you thank you for bringing that up because we talked about on the show you were like, I don't know how I don't know how to do it, and then you put it on like Instagram or Facebook, and they were like the fanciest pumpkins I've ever seen carved in my life. It's not true. Yeah, it was like the peanuts and stuff like that. Was it one of them, like the peanuts?
0: Yeah, that was Rod Kyle's. He did Snoopy.
1: Oh, what did yeah. you do?
0: An ugly face. Hmm. Yeah, mine. His got more Instagram likes. But anyways, now I have two rotting pumpkins on my front doorstep. So I have to take care of those. That's on my to-do list. How? Do, how
1: what do you do with those?
0: Well, we have a yard waste uh, bin, so I'll just put them in the yard waste bin.
1: So basically, you told us that you have to. <laughs> One of the things you're gonna do this week is you're gonna walk 20 feet, pick up the pumpkins, and put them in the yard waste bin. Joe,
0: you said you're doing nothing. I'm carrying the load here.
1: That's true. All and
0: right. then also, I should also point out, you were like, um, and then I went to the aqueduct, and here's about a story about a hawk guy I saw. And then, what was your your other story? Magic Uh, Castle. And then I went to the Magic Castle, and here's a story about hot guys I saw. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You're just telling about hot guys.
1: That's my life. (laughs) All my life is scoping out hot guys. Okay, goodbye, Joe. Go to hell, Mike.